0: Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple podcast. I'm really excited today to deliver tool number six, which is going to be about planning our meals. Um, This is part of our seven part series, so if you've missed the beginning, you can go back and listen to the other tools. We've talked about discovering your why, we've talked about building a family brand, we've talked about the post it strategy. We've talked about picky eaters, we've talked about doing a shred, and here we are with making a plan. And I'm really excited to be delivering this series. I'm also really excited for what's coming next, because as I've been recording this series, I've also been doing a lot of interviews with our guests who are coming up, and we've got some exciting content that you guys are going to love, even includes some meditation. So I can't wait to share all that. So, But today, we're going to talk about planning, and planning, I have found, is really important in all aspects of my life, but meals have really made an impact, and they're the thing that sometimes, even to today, I can forget to plan. Imagine that, considering I run a business called Plan Simple Meals, but when I do, which is most of the time, weeks run so much smoother, it's really not even comparable to the way they run when I haven't planned. So I want to take a step back though and share a study that if you've been hanging around a long time, you might've heard me allude to, but it was a study done in Ireland and there was a great book called Habits. And it was written about in this book. And basically the Scottish, I said Irish study, but it's actually a Scottish study. Sorry, you guys, that was like not good. Um, It's funny because I'm part Irish and part Scottish. But basically, the Scottish study gave elder patients who just received surgery a piece of paper after the surgery and told them to write down their plan, their plan to get up and get walking, because they all had a goal of being able to walk normally again. I think I believe all the patients had gotten hip surgery. And the thing is, is that the patients who wrote the plans were walking twice as fast after three months as the patients who did not. And after reviewing the what people had written down, the study found that they were write, the people who had written down stuff were writing very specifically how they would get through the given moment, pain and all. So, for example, they told a story of a man who whose wife would go off to work every day and then she would return to the bus stop so his like therapies would get him so that he could walk to the bus stop right so that's he was writing down a plan with how he could walk to the bus stop to welcome his wife so it was very specific and i think that this is so important and we touched on this a little bit in the picky picky episode um about how writing is really important and how planning for that eater and really giving it seven really good tries for each food is really important which sounds daunting to some people but when you start to get in this process of meal planning on a weekly basis it really becomes not that daunting it becomes habit And it becomes a really useful tool in making a whole bunch of areas of your life really efficient. So that's why I want you to hear me on this one. So another thing that I've talked about in a couple of these episodes of these seven tools episodes is I think I mentioned in one of them, the blue zones. So the blue zones were places where people lived longer than and were healthier than in other parts of the world. They pointed them all over the world and they started to study what was different. They, The people who are studying the blue zones um, started to focus on what was different about those places than other places. And one of the big things was that there was no temptation. And so I talk a lot about how to make that happen in your house. But the truth is, is that we don't live in a society where it's possible to take away the temptation and that's where creating a plan is really really helpful and really necessary because we just don't have the willpower to make the right choices and to make this feel seamless without creating that plan and it's not to say that our life is like healing from hip surgery but we are living in a world where it's hard to do this well and having that plan actually makes it easier and easier on a daily basis to really show up fully to that why and that family brand that we defined in the first two episodes. Does that make sense? Okay, so I'm going to start with two sort of pre-work items to what you might do weekly. So these are things that you only have to do once, maybe reevaluate them twice a year or seasonally. Um, sometimes as parents, I review things sort of as the school year starts, um, as the new semester starts, so like after Christmas and then summer. so it's sort of three things because those times seem to have different rhythms in my life. And what I do is I I look at the calendar and I figure out, In general, because it changes obviously from week to week, but in general, based on my work, on what the kids are doing after school, on my husband's work, like what days are really busy and what days have a little bit more padding around them? What days have a little bit more space around them? And I'm actually very recently working on how to make whole days of space for myself from a creative standpoint. So a lot of times I'm using those days as days where I can even show up better for my family after I'm done with them. That's a whole other podcast. So what days have more space? And at the beginning, this was, you know, weekends have more space because we don't have much going on, like on a Sunday. And then the other day that had a lot of space for us was Thursdays because there was an early release at school. So there was just more time if I let there be. It was very easy to fill those days up with extracurriculars and play dates and all sorts of other stuff. But if I kept in control and if food was my priority – there was space on those days. So I sort of pinpointed those two days and knowing that I create a rhythm for the meals. So I literally do a grid. And again, you can go to the page plansimplemeals.com tools, and you can download our grid or you can just literally draw this on a piece of paper. And I make a rhythm for our meals and all a rhythm is, is a system. So it's just like every morning, every Monday morning, we're going to have muffins and that's easy for me because I can make them on Sunday or every Tuesday. We're going to have oatmeal every Thursday. We're going to try to have mostly fruit every Thursday. We're going to have toast with avocado or toast. Even we could be even more general toast of some sort. And maybe sometimes it has avocado. Maybe sometimes it has, um, my kids eat salmon. Sometimes maybe it has some sort of special, pumpkin butter or jam that we've made so it has that somebody shared on the podcast once lily shared that her kids love cooked beets on toast which i love so there's all sorts of variety you can make within it like your oatmeal doesn't always have to be the same right my son just started making peanut butter chocolate oatmeal because he's 14 and starting to experiment with what he wants and he puts bananas and fruit and all sorts of stuff on top of it but he wants the protein. You know, sometimes it will have apples. Sometimes it will have cooked blueberries. It's always, and you can use different grains. You might call it porridge day to open it up. But basically you're putting in what you have. And I would say to those people who feel like this would be a constraint on their life to open up to it. Because what I found is that I actually ate more variety after I did this than before. And I'll explain that in one sec. And then for lunch, do the same. I find lunches are the thing that changed the least um, in our household. Like I always try to have a big salad at lunch or soup in the colder days and my kids' lunch, I create a rhythm of the days, but we really are switching up between like five main courses that we found stay really good when I pack them in the morning and taste good at lunch. And then what I switch up is like the fruits and the veggies. And, you know, if I make some sort of baked treat that goes with it, does that make sense? So You're just creating a structure, like however structured you can make it. And the structure can be really open-ended. It doesn't have to be closed. It doesn't mean that you're eating the exact same dish every day. And so for dinner, it might be soup night. So think of how many kinds of soup there are. You might have taco night. Think of how many different variations of that there are. Um, You could have kids cook night. You could have farm to table night. You could have pasta night. You could have... Some sort of like around the world. If you want to be really open-ended, you could like name each night a different country. You know, the, the things are endless, but I don't want you to make this hard. I just want you to think about the things that you usually eat and make a structure out of it. And this is just so that on Monday night, you're not like, oh shoot, should I bake a chicken? Should I make those beans? Should we have pasta? It's like, no. In our house, actually, Monday is almost always bean night. And so we've never eaten such a wide variety of beans since I made it bean night. We might have lentils. We might have black beans. We might have red beans. We might have white beans. We are now trying all sorts of fresh beans. And it feels like the possibilities are pretty endless, which I never would have guessed with beans. (laughs) Um, On a pasta night, you know, you could make... It with pesto, you could try it with veggies, you could learn how to make tomato sauce, you could push yourself to try a new kind of gluten free pasta made of vegetables instead of grain. Like there's so many different ways you can go. Do you see? So it actually opens it up. So that is step one is create this rhythm. And I want you just not to forget what I started with was knowing your days. So like On Mondays, I keep it really easy and I do almost all things that I've prepped, mostly prepped, if not done on Sunday. On, you know, Wednesdays, it's a really busy day, so I keep it super simple. So a lot of times that's the night that we do pasta and a big salad. On Thursdays, I have that more time. So sometimes that's our more complicated night where we have what I call rice bowls, which is we I really cook six different kinds of veggies. We have a protein and we have a gluten-free grain and I put everything in individual bowls and I put it on the table and my kids love it. And they've learned over the years how to eat more variety. And it's been a really great tool in our life. I could do a whole episode just on rice bowls. Um, but. But you see, like I I did that because I had more time. If I had tried to make those on Wednesday night, I probably would be pulling my hair out. I, I wouldn't be a nice person by the time dinner came. So it's really important that you understand your schedule as you're making this rhythm. And that's why I think sometimes for us it changes up to three times a year, if not just twice. And another really helpful tool that you could do after this, or actually, maybe you've done it before this is just get out a piece of paper and we actually have a sheet for this as well in plansimplemeals dot com slash tools. I'm gonna to have to remember to go put it there, um, which just prompts you with questions. But it's basically to write out everything you know how to make. Just get it all out of your head and onto paper. So it and it doesn't matter whether it's healthy. Don't think about that yet because there's all sorts of tools that we can go on about figure out later about how to make a he- a a you know unhealthy meal that you have when you were growing up healthy right like there is a way to make healthy mac and cheese believe it or not it could even have veggies in it so so don't worry about that part just get it out of your head because a lot of times what happens as we're planning or as we're cooking is that we forget what we know and we actually know a lot more than we remember in moments of stress and a lot of times food is stress stressful for us So I highly recommend making this list and putting it somewhere where you have it because it's really useful when you're meal planning. Okay, so those are the two things I would do in advance. Create this rhythm and make a list of all the meals that you know how to make and you can add to this over time, right? Like my repertoire has grown for sure over the past eight years. And I think in the prompts, it even has some questions about things you want to learn how to make that you might not know yet. So that you're really... Not getting lost in that place of when you're thinking what's for dinner of all the possibilities and all the things you don't know how to do you're you're pulling from a list that you've made in a calm moment. so i I actually recommend doing these two exercises. Take an hour, go on a walk, land at a coffee shop, and do them there so that it's a calming, happy time for you, and it's not totally stressful. If you don't have the freedom to do that, then maybe the kids go to sleep. You have a cup of tea, a little bit of chocolate, you are sitting, you light a candle, you're sitting at a table, you're in bed, whatever, and you do it then. So it's really a luxurious moment. Okay, so once you have those two things, then on a weekly basis, you just have to commit to doing a plan. And I highly recommend doing this on Friday. Um, Friday is really helpful because it's not quite the end of the week if you're going Monday to Sunday. So you can sort of assess if there's anything that you're not going to use over the weekend. A lot of times we get weekend plans late in the game. And so we realize that like that whole meal we had for Saturday, we're not going to use. So you can build that into your next week's plan. Um, It also helps because then we can use the weekends to make the next week less stressful. So if we have a plan on Friday, then as we're out in the world, as we're going grocery shopping, we can pick stuff up. It means that on Sunday we can have time to prep stuff so we're more on top of stuff during the week. So Friday is just a really good time on both, like it's just a great time in the week to sort of assess where you are and have that bandwidth of the weekend to see how you can move food forward to make your next week easier. And again, I really recommend finding it really only takes 15 minutes once you've done that pre-work. And I recommend taking those 15 minutes really for yourself. It might mean getting out of the house. Sometimes I'll even go to my kid's school and sit downstairs before they get out. Just a change of scenery, Um, a cafe. I'm in the middle of a shred situation. Like I explained on the last episode. So coffee shops are a little torturous right now, but you know, somewhere that's, neutral and feels good and then what you're doing during those 15 minutes is you're just plugging into the to the rhythm that you made right so okay great bean night is monday night what am i going to do this monday night maybe we're going to do black beans and rice and i'll cut up some avocados and i'll cut up some radishes and we'll make a radish and cucumber salad right? So then in that moment, I know I need to check if I have beans, check if I have rice, and I need to add radish, cucumber, and um, avocado to my grocery list. See what I mean? Makes it super easy. And I don't recommend actually going back and forth between the planning and the grocery list. I recommend doing the planning and then writing the grocery list. But I was just trying to give you an example. So you're just plugging in different things. Soup night You know, maybe you have soups that are on that list that you know how to make, that you've made that list of everything you know how to make. Or because you have this rhythm, it makes it super easy to just Google um, simple dairy-free soups or simple soups that kids love. Like you can Google whatever it is that you're looking for and make something new that night. So that makes it easy. A lot of times if you feel like recipes throw off your meal planning, this is just sort of an aside, one of the nights in your rhythm could be a recipe night or a cookbook night. That's just an idea. Okay, so spend 15 minutes on Friday. You plug those, plug everything in, and then you have this plan. And then step two is to move food forward in your calendar. So this is when I want you to look at your calendar and be like, okay, here's the plan. I've made it on Friday. Now, the things I probably have to do is I have to go Grocery shopping. I have to. Maybe it would be helpful if I chopped all the veggies because Monday and Tuesday seem really busy. Um, Maybe I could actually make a soup on the weekend. Maybe I need to soak beans and get those things actually into your calendar. And I don't, I discourage people from doing like tons of little entries. What I recommend is that same thing that I explained as you figure out the rhythm of your meals so maybe you're taking those same two days that have time so Sunday and Thursday in my case and building stuff that moves food forward into those two days for the most part and then another thing I do is I get in the habit of in the morning moving stuff forward so that You know, maybe in the morning I'll have 30 extra minutes and I'll chop an onion, chop some carrots, you know, get stuff going. If you have a slow cooker, you can even get it into your slow cooker before you ever walk out the house, so that kind of thing. But just make sure that you have this intention to move it forward in advance because then it will feel better in the meal, but that you don't only hold that intention in your head. You actually have that time allotted in your calendar because a lot of times in our calendar are all our work things, and all the things our kids have to do, but then we don't actually have enough time to do the food thing that we intended to do because we made this plan. Does that make sense? So then the next thing to do is we have to shop for the food. So we alluded to making time for that in the last step of the calendar. But after you make your plan, it's pretty easy to go through and just like write down everything you need. And if you have kids who are nine and over, you could even... You know, have them go through and check off anything that you have in the kitchen or in the pantry. Um, you could highlight things you suspect you have or don't have, um, and then you have a list that you can go to the grocery store with. And I definitely recommend either you know building that in in a time that's open, um, which for a lot of people is the weekends, or you know maybe you have a, a a meal delivery service or a farm share, and that builds into your meal plan, and then you know when those things are coming. And then the last step is to recall each morning. So this goes back to our post-it strategy that we talked about in the third episode, the third tool. And this is really important because I feel like whenever I teach that strategy, I teach it with or without a meal plan. But even if you have a meal plan, this strategy really, really helps because as we know, as busy parents, life changes very quickly And just recalling every morning what it is you're having for dinner is super helpful. And if you're frazzled about breakfast or frazzled about lunch, do the same thing, but do it the night before, right? So just remember to recall the night before. Oh, yeah, that's for breakfast. Oh, wait, I said I was going to make muffins. That just is not going to work tomorrow because I'm staying up late to work and I'm tired or whatever it is so just physically switch it on your meal plan and commit to what you're doing the night before does that make sense so all it is is with the moving food forward with the plan with you know knowing in advance all it is is about knowing in advance because the stress happens in the moment it doesn't happen when we think about it in advance so the more that we're preparing ourselves for what's coming the less stressful it is in the moment And what I find the biggest, no matter whether people are super healthy or struggling to get healthy, the the thing that most parents have in common is the stress they feel around their time in the kitchen when preparing meals at a certain time for kids. So that is what we're trying to overcome with this planning process. So I hope all these strategies serve you guys. um, And One of my goals always in planning is to really plan how I can get all those servings of fruits and veggies into our diets. So start with all these goals that you're starting to make. Always, all these things are connected. All these seven tools are connected. So, you know, if your why is to be super healthy and energetic and you've pinpointed that one of the things you're going to do is clean up diet to do that, then Obviously, a meal plan that's all pizza and mac and cheese isn't going to serve that, right? So one of my goals is always to fit as many fruits and veggies in as possible, and it's much easier to see in a plan than in my head as I'm thinking through the day. So there's so many benefits to getting this down on paper. And again, if you go to plansimplemeals.com slash tools, you can get some printables that will make this even easier. And I will see you guys tomorrow on the last of the seven tools, and then we're jumping back into interviews. Bye, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you wanna go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple podcast. Bye for now.